right, Jesse, we got we got a lot to talk about because first of all, I think no offense to the franchise awards or the suppliers, franchise talking to franchise owners excites me more than anything for various reasons, which we'll get into. But I want to go back before you're in franchising, and I can look at your resume and see see the journey, which we'll we'll get into, but you make the decision to become a franchisee. That's that's it. You've, you've made the commitment to sign. If we back up before then, what was going on? Like, what what is the moment that made you decide to become a franchise owner? Made a decision to become a franchise owner. That is the question. That's 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 a it's a big decision. So so I I was in I was a school counselor. I was a guidance counselor, high school counselor, if you will, for a decade. And it was great helping the children. And I was a bit of a Peter Pan. You know, I moved from Minnesota to Oregon when I was 29 to learn how to surf. That was that was why I I had a job. I had a job opportunity, but really I came to Oregon to learn how to surf. And I wasn't ready to give up snowboarding yet. And we've got Mount Hood. I mean, you can hit jumps and rails and everything on Mount Hood in August. So it's, it's, it's great. So I was living that life and I really felt like I needed to grow up. <laughs> it's, it's, there's, there's a time and that time, if it doesn't hit you by your mid thirties, well, it, it should hit you by your mid thirties. So I went, I had, I was in a relationship and we we're talking about kids and this excited me. And I'm like, I need to make more money, <laughs> you know? And, and I, I had always wanted to be a business owner. I'd started some businesses. I had a painting business during when I was in my master's degree, I had mowed lawns as a kid. It was kind of always in my DNA a bit. Uh, I remember in middle school, I was hustling lawns to get that Valley Fair season pass. It's like the Disneyland of Savage, Minnesota. So it's, and I was like real motivated in that regard to own a business. And I knew that I needed something with kind of training wheels, like doing a ground up business as a founder. That's a huge deal. And I wasn't, I just wasn't ready for that type of risk, but I wanted some creativity. And so I went shopping on biz buy sell and I'm like, okay, well I could buy somebody's mom and pop. That's an option. It just seemed like too much and I needed to go faster. And I started hooked up with a FranNet representative and ended up shopping, shopping franchises, shopped now I see their signs everywhere. I shopped gym guys. I shopped college hunks. I shopped other. There were a few others, but those are kind of the 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 notables. And I ended up really falling in love with fitness machine technicians because it had that balance of as young. It's it's a young franchise. I went to Melbourne. I met the founder. And they're still bootstrapping. They've got uh, a paper and basket process system. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to pop this into uh, virtual because that's my staff's going to be virtual. So I got excited about, well, there's still some things that need to be built here 
that I can help with and I want to help with that. And here we are five years later and we made it through COVID. I love it. So a few things I want to, I want to break through on that. I love that you said biz by sell. Uh, and mm-hmm. frankly, that aligns with a lot of the data that we've pulled from other franchise owners when we're talking about their journey. Many understand that franchising is a thing, but the perception is McDonald's or, or something quite large. And so the pathway ends up being what businesses are for sale first if you've decided that you don't want to create your own. Did you have a per- perception of what franchising was before you learned it that was different than what the reality was? I did have that McDonald's perception. I had that perception that what I'm going to buy is a business in a box and I'm going to be an absentee owner and just roll in and be be kind of separate from the business within a couple of years. And, and I came to find out that there's, you know, a lot of times some building that needs to be that needs to be done. Either you, you need time to build that business or you need capital in order to hire somebody to build that business for you. But I was in the market for a challenge and to, to build it myself. And I looked, there was, I mentioned the newness, the youngness, the, the, um, I guess the, the freshness of, of, of fitness machine technicians. And that actually appealed to me because some of the more mature franchises, you know, they really are just here, plug the formula, you know, so you can get, get the, the spectrum of, you know, plug and play. Here's how you do it. Or we don't, we're still developing this, you know? So it's just a matter of what, what you're looking for. So how do you get connected to a Franet franchise consultant? Google. Interesting. I so you go, you, you, you go online and at that point you've made a decision that you want someone to help you in the process mm-hmm. of selecting it versus you doing it on your own. Yes. When, when you go through that process, I mean, it, obviously you're, you're in tune with the industry now. Did you understand how the, the, the reality of how a consultant broker coach works? Did you, did you understand how they were going to get paid on the deal? Yes. I mean, I assumed it was a percentage of whatever it may be, the franchise fee probably. And it, it's like, well, it, it, it felt a bit like buying a home and you have a realtor, realtor gets paid when you buy. Right. And there's not, we're not pretending that they're doing it for free. Uh, and I assumed it was a, that sort of system. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like that answer. I mean, I've, I've said uh, many times, uh, and Fran, Fran Edit, frankly, is one of the, one of the really above board franchise consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that the general education of transparency and how it works is out, to, out there to the franchisee. I mean, like in tr- super true transparency, and I'll, 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 I'll say the statement and I just want your opinion on it. If, if, if you understand it now or, or you ended up understanding it as a part of the buying process, but all the, all on the franchise or side, they want you, you're, you were qualified, mm-hmm. ready to buy. Mm-hmm. And so how do they get the franchise consultant to, 
to guide you towards their brand, um, it is a percentage of the franchise fee, but there, there are brands that are like, we'll give you a hundred percent. There's some mm. that will give you 50%. There's some that will say, we'll not only give you a hundred percent, we'll give, give you a percent on royalty for that first year. Sure. Just so that you present my brand. I'm okay mm. with all that. As long as the coach consultant or broker in the process says, Hey, Hey Jesse, j- just so you know, these are the brands that I'm going to present to you. Mm-hmm. Here are the brands that I'm going to present to you based on your passion. And here are the brands that I'm going to present to you based on what they're paying, what they pay on commission. I think these are right. viable brands so that it's not, it's not leading the witness. Do you feel like mm-hmm. as you went through that, or even today that you have a grip on how that process worked? Probably not, but I, I think regardless, it, I made the right decision because I, I, I had three, I talked to three and that's it. You know, I could have talked to a dozen. I could have kept going back and going back. And ultimately, I ended up flying to Malvern, Pennsylvania, the flagship store and meeting the founder and experiencing that they want you. And now, so the founder is Don Powers Mm -hmm. and he he started he started the brand and he I talked with him a couple of weeks ago and he's actually he said I asked him, would you? you know, do anything different or, you know, how, how's it going? Because since now, since then he's sold the brand to mainline brands, which is under an umbrella of Susquehanna capital, which mainline brands has mosquito authority, pest authority and fitness machine technicians. And there's some similarities there that I won't get into, but, but Don said, if there was one thing I could do a little differently is I would be a little more selective about who I brought onto the boat in the beginning, which I thought was interesting because I did get that impression of like, they're, they're, they're looking for anybody, you know, I was, I was clearly interviewing them, which in an ideal world, they would select their franchisees also be kind of a 50, 50 you're interviewing each other. But I think they were just, you know, pretty eager to get people on board initially. Yeah, I mean, with your with your psychology background, I mean, this is going to be very easy for you to understand that ultimately the the self pressures of a franchisor is if you're not growing, you're dying. And so yeah. the only way you're going to grow in their minds, I'll, I'll give the alternative, but in their minds is to grow grow up. Now, I've mm-hmm. I've encouraged many franchisors grow grow fat then grow mm-hmm. up, like make sure unit level economics are increasing at a pace that is really, really uh, strong back to the franchise owner and then grow up. But most brands, it's you're only as good as your last deal. So mm-hmm. it ends up being that the franchisee is just a number. And it's, I think that's insightful because you hear Don say, well, wait a second, if I, if I were to reflect backwards, mm-hmm. measure the depth of the individual that's going to now represent my brand, then... Um, maybe we, we grow in it in a different way, or maybe it's a lot easier to, to manage or work with franchise owners. Right. <clears throat> so currently you're, you're still, you're still maintaining your, a day job. No, no. no. Okay. Mm-mm. This is, this is what I do. Did that happen on day one? Did you say this is it? Or did you work your way up into being comfortable with the transition? I finished out a school year. I started in January of 2019 and I, I hired a technician and, and finished out the school year in mid June of 20, 2019 and, and 
it it became apparent that this requires all of me very quickly in in the sense of there's something to build here and also in the sense of selling because if you if you want to buy a brand or buy a company or a business there's there's two main functions you're, you're building processes and training and procedures or you're selling your product or service and it i i was full time within 6 months but it was nice to kind of get get off the get off the paycheck slowly you know it's like okay i'm getting ready to not have a paycheck but i did i took out a an sba loan because i knew i mean i knew enough i'd been reading books about business and entrepreneurship for for years and i'm like well i need capital i don't know what it's for but you know i know i need capital so i started off some people start off with their 401k savings and things like that and i i kind of I'm glad I didn't go that route because it's in a separate bucket. It's like, well, this is this is an SBA loan. This is for my business. I'm going to keep the money that I saved in mainstream employment in my 20s. Yeah, right. Early 30s. Did you have to rely on anybody else for financing support or did you do it on your own? That, you know, I think FranNet did help quite a bit with that. Yes, they were they were instrumental in that, uh, actually, in, in finding someone to help me apply for that SBA loan. Because SBA is, what what are people's perceptions of SBA? And what I think it is, it's like, oh, it's hard to get a business. It's really hard. When in fact, the U.S. government wants to give away money, not give away money, but loan you money to start a business because you create jobs. Right. So it's a matter of finding someone to help you put together a proposal for one of these banks that's approved to issue SBA loans and boom. And franchises are notoriously, I don't know if reliable is a good word, but there just wasn't a whole lot of pushback in, in the loan process. And FranNet was very helpful in that connection. And this is a little sidebar, but later I referred that company to a friend who built a tree house and we're talking a house in a tree out in the gorge. Beautiful. I mean, it is a home in a tree. There's some serious engineering going on. Use that same company to get a loan for that and creatively package it as a campground because you can imagine the difficulties associated with building a house in a tree you're not looking at standard financing there so it's pretty cool how it all worked out with with that how have you scaled your business have you expanded territory have you are you growing it at the pace that you expected when you got into it yes and i will say the last year has been probably back to normal i mean we're on the west coast pretty liberal took a while for places to open back up and from the beginning, I I scaled aggressive. I it was it was like I knew I was just gonna make a bunch of mistakes. And I'm just I'm just gonna it's highly technical. I fixed jet engines in the Air Force, like Air Force National Minnesota Air National Guard. So I knew how technical, mechanical things and and doing diagnostics and repairs were. And it's the same with treadmills. It's like, sometimes you're wrong. So 
I, I just, I just did it. And, and we bled for a year or, and then COVID hit. <laughs> so, and, and I, I'll, I'll let you use your imagination for that, but gym shut down and we relied on, on residential, which luckily it was interesting to watch the economics of it. Everybody needs fitness right. and the demand just shifted to, it's not your treadmill in your apartment complex. It's your treadmill in your apartment because people need fitness. But that being said, residential repair doesn't pay the bills as well as multifamily apartments. So it's been really encouraging coming out of COVID. And there were a lot of things during COVID that we did to just, you know, hang on. And I, I tried to grow and I tried to grow even despite COVID. And ultimately, if I was to do anything over, it's like I would have pumped the brakes a little bit on hiring and just said, we're just, we're going to focus on profitability alone. And we're just not, we're not going to grow. Like, we're just going to stay right where we're at. But then after COVID, you, you, I saw the return of multifamily and multifamily is my top vertical. It's these little gyms in apartment complexes, two treadmills, two ellipticals, cable crossover, pretty small. They all need quarterly maintenance for safety and things. So we've just, we've seen that come back around slowly, but surely. I mean, there was rent, there was rent, a lot of laws protecting renters. So it hit the multifamily industry very hard. So there was like lag time for budgets to get approved again. But now you see the recurring revenue and I actually do get to implement this sales process of, I want to see, I want to know what's in every single gym in every single apartment in the Portland metro area. And that's my goal. Not necessarily that they'll have a contract with us, but we're going to know what's in their gym and we're going to offer them a contract. So that's been the fun mission this last year of sales, like a sales strategy and seeing it work. Did you ever think about hanging it up during COVID? Were you like, I felt that beat up or do you have enough crazy in you that was like, let's just keep going. <laughs> that I think that was the, the SBA loan part. It, it was, was really helpful there. It, it was a burn the boats type mentality. Like yeah. we're, we're going to the Island. You better win the war because we're burning the boats. Right. Uh, I'm, I've got an SBA loan. I've I've spent a lot of it. This is my only option to succeed. And it hurt, but I don't think quit ever ever really crossed my mind. How did the franchisor do for supporting you during that uh that storm? Good. There were breaks in in royalties for for quite some time and they they did a good job and 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 they did what they could you know it's they've they've got bills to pay as well so we appreciated that and yeah when you look around at other franchisees in the system and even even through your due diligence process do you see a lot of people 
like you? Do you see a lot of different people? Do you see people that you just want to shake and say, Hey, if you follow the system, you're going to be good. Like what's your, what's your take when you look at other franchise owners within the system? So I'm thinking about kind of the diversity of our crew, if you will. And, and we've got all sorts of backgrounds, finance, sales, technical, obviously you could see the, the advantage of having some technical know-how when you're fixing fitness equipment. We've got background in tech, we've got background in, I mean, literally everything, marketing. And I think the, th- the thing that I want to, and, and I'm involved with the Franchise Advisory Council, that's been a great opportunity and they, they do really well listening to us and, and they implement the strategies. And what, what I would like to impart upon my cohort or fellow franchisees is, is, is a sales system. We're really, we're back, we're back into a fairly normal economy. And now it's, it's time to not, not rely on the pay-per-click, but figure out whatever your goal is. Mine is like, know what every, what's in every gym in Portland, have an inventory of Portland. How many, how many treadmills are in Portland? I want to know. And, and what, what does that, what does that look like for their area and not, not being reactive on sales, but how to run a, how to run a sales team. And I think that's just reflective of probably what I'm interested in right now and what I'm finding success in but you know other other than that it's it's like focus on focus on the recurring revenue the recurring like those contracts don't go away so you reflect back all 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 the way back to when you were making the decision to to buy this franchise is there something that could have tripped you up if if and you know i hear i met the founder and the founder like I felt connected, but is there anything that could have tripped you up to make you say, no, I'm going to go with one of the other two options you were exploring? I remember the feeling of the fact that not everything is prescribed in this system it's we're still built we're still built we're still building best practices because it's 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 an emerging market i I looked at this as an imperfect market i have two maybe three competitors they're mom and pops and they also sell equipment we don't sell equipment and i loved economics in college and and think of there's perfect markets where you're a price taker I would say moving, like moving, moving companies. It's a perfect, there's, there's tons of moving companies out there. There's tons of junk haulers out there. There are tons of community gyms out there for that matter. It's, it's a known commodity. There's a, there's a lot of competitors. This one, there's two. And my competitor has like eight Google reviews. So I think it's not so much what the fitness machine technicians franchise 
had or didn't have, but what they did have was an extremely original idea. And I think it would have been tough for me to enter a perfect price taker established industry, not industry. Yeah. In industry, I, I guess. And this is, it was just unique. If, if it was less unique, I would have struggled. <laughs> Interesting. That's a, that's a fair answer. Let's, uh, let's close on this. Um, what's the dream now? I mean, if, if I go backwards in, in your story, uh, original dream was continue to be Peter Pan, uh, surf, snowboard when you can and work a little bit. And you made the decision, I'm going to grow up and become an entrepreneur. What's uh, what's the dream look like now? Yeah, leave leave never never land and <laughs> don't, stop being the king of the lost boys. That that, but that was good though. I mean, I do I know how to surf now. I I, I don't <laughs> I don't surf as often as I once did, but I I can I can travel and surf. So that that's I don't I don't regret that. But if I was to what's what's the next mission the next mission is 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 kids i want to be a dad more than more than anything and it's i'm 41 and my wife's 34 and we want three and you think you think when you do you have kids nick two yep and how old are you if i may i'm 40 i'm 42 i had to think oh, for a second Okay, so you were a little little ahead of me, and it's like I always thought, like when I decided, it would just it would just happen. Right. Oh, first try. Well, it hasn't been that way, Nick. <laughs> and it's it's been, you know, it's been a t a tough road, and I I think that 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 you know that's the next the next mission is is like have kids, and we're it's going to happen. And I'm, I'm reminded that by people who struggled or didn't struggle is generally the story ends with, and then we had kids. So the next mission is to continue building fitness machine technicians. And I like, and, and have kids. <laughs> and I, I like the idea of franchising. It, it really catapulted me into the fourth dimension of owning a business, which not many people get yeah. to experience on a full-time level. And then, and then you get a ticket, you get a ticket to, okay, well, here's a function for business owners. Here's the chamber of commerce. Here's a plug for entrepreneurs organization, great organization. You mean other business owners and you get to think differently. And what I would like to do my next venture would be to purchase another business and keep this one or sell it to sell it to one of my employees or multiple employees. It depends. I, I, I like this brand and it's my baby. So maybe I keep it, but I, I do see myself per purchasing uh, another business. It's, it's like uh, one of the books I've read buy then build you know i, I don't have you've got to be honest with yourself it's like are you are you a founder do you want to come up with the next big thing like that's a lot of that's a lot of energy uh or 
do you have energy to run another business? And I, I think they do have the skills for that now. And is it one of my competitors? Maybe. Or something totally different. I'm pretty agnostic to what it is if it and if it as long as it has a good fit for me personally. Well, look, I think one, what I love about your answers is they're still on par with every franchisee that we've ever talked with. So it's good. There's a lot of consistencies. And even the, the, the way that you're ending the conversation, uh, every franchise owner that we've ever talked with says, when you say, why are you doing this? It ends up being family. And that's what you're, you're building. And that's how like the intersection of business and family is going to happen. As far as what happens next, I mean, the reality is you you have a very strong background in psychology and engineering and, and now business and, and surfing that I have a feeling it same with the process of building a family, it will it will come to you. And then for for a franchisor that, that watches this, they're going to see this and they're like, how do we get Jesse into our system? And it opens up the door that. You know, I think I think you're you're obviously taking the right approach to, to all of this and appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, and I look forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. And I, I really appreciate the conversation. Love it. Another episode of Meet the Z with Jesse. See ya. Take care.